Good morning, good morning, good morning, or good afternoon, depending on what time of day you are listening to this broadcast. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. The goal of our show is to educate, eradicate, and to dismantle racism. I'm so excited that you are with me today and my guest today. I'm really excited, though, that you join this show because you want to be an individual who advocates for racial equity. You want to be an individual who's concerned about social justice and advocacy. And this is the place to be so that you can hear about what is going on in the world and you can hear about the ways in which you can get involved in eradicating racism. As always, I want to invite you, if you would, to please check out my website at sacredintelligence.com and learn more about the ways in which you can work with me individually to learn more about uh, my books or my courses or whatever it is that you want to know uh, about working with me and dismantling racism. Please go there and check it out. And then you can also catch episodes of the radio show as well if you've missed them. I want to invite you to tell a friend about the show, to subscribe to the show, to leave your comments, because we are really interested in what you think about the show. If there's a guest that's been on the show that you have questions for, please do write into us. We want to hear your thoughts. I especially want to hear your thoughts about today's show. I'm so excited because we're going to be talking about race between us. We'll also be addressing reparations, what it is, what it is not. So I know that you're curious about reparations. So please tune in again, ask your questions and your comments are important to us. So we're going to start today. As always, I want to invite you into this sacred place of just centering yourself. So if you would, I want to invite you to close your eyes. That is, of course, unless you're driving. And I want you to begin by feeling the ground or the floor underneath you. If you're sitting in a chair, I want you to feel that support. And let that support be a foundation to you, reminding you that you are supported by the universe. You are supported by your sacred source. You are supported by your divine wisdom, your sacred intelligence, which is that part of you that helps you to manifest your greatness while helping other folks to manifest their greatness. So just breathe in and out, connecting with your breath, connecting with your power, Connecting with your life source. Connecting with the folks who are present near you. Connecting with my voice and my guest today. Breathe in and out. Connecting with our shared humanity. Knowing that what you do matters. Breathe in and out, acknowledging those who have come before you, acknowledging others who are present in the world who have similar goals of social justice and racial equity. Breathe in and out, acknowledging your legacy and the work that you are doing now that will leave a mark on history that will be a blessing to those who come after. Breathe in and out. Breathe in and out. Now take a deep breath in, and as you let it out, know that you have the power to change the status quo. 
and know that the power of one contributes to the power of community, contributes to the power of healing and repair, and contributes to our shared humanity and equity for all. Take one more deep breath in, sigh it out, and let's begin. Today, as I said on our show, we are going to be talking about reparations and what it is, and what it is not. We hear the word thrown around all the time. Folks sometimes have a lot of emotions around this one word of reparations. Sometimes we confuse it and we think about that it only means one thing, a financial reparations. After all, when we were freed, we were promised 40 acres and a mule. That 40 acres and a mule never came. What does it mean now to be able to have financial reparations? What would it mean? Is there enough money that could possibly pay us for what we've been through? I don't really think so, but you might have a different opinion about that. But when I think about the day-to-day of what my ancestors went through, I don't think that there's even enough money that would resolve all the pain and the trauma that came with that. When I think about what I go through on a day-to-day, which was nothing like what they went through, money isn't the issue. Money can't resolve it. But I believe that there's a place for reparations. And today's guest is going to be talking about what that looks like. So I want to invite you to open your spirit, to open your mind, to hear a very different conversation around reparations and to understand how you can get involved, to understand what we need to do to heal ourselves and to heal one another, to understand why reparations are important for white folks just as well as it is for people of color. So my guest today is not only going to talk about reparations, she's here to talk about race between us. I'm delighted to have Brenda Bailey Lett. Brenda is the author of, I want to tell you, Race Between Us. Go out and pick up your copy. If you don't know about it, you should. She co-authored it with Laura Lee Roy. Race Between Us. And we're going to be talking today a little bit about these descriptions. You've heard me talk about it before on the show, but the descriptions of Blackness and whiteness and how can we maintain a sense of who we are in our shared humanity to focus on dismantling racism. So she's the author of that book. We're going to talk about it, but she's also the project manager of the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparation in America, which stands for INCOBRA. She's she's coordinating a reparations initiative there. And she's the board president of the New Hampshire Black Women Health Project. She's so much more than all of that. But today we're going to focus on that. So I am delighted to welcome Brenda Bailey Lett to the show today. Brenda, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. It is wonderful to be on the show. Um, And thank you for having me. You know, it's so interesting. I'm (laughs) delighted that you chose to be here. Brenda and I have only known each other a very short while, but I knew that Brenda, Brenda is a powerhouse and a force of reckoning when it comes to justice issues. So I am deeply honored that you would you would be here with me today. Uh, well, again, thank you. Um, just a little bit about the book that uh, I co-authored with uh, Laura Lee Roy. Well, before you get to your book, yeah. I have a question that I always like to ask. All right, ask a question. 
and I and plus I know we're going to come up on a break real soon, and so I want to want to get your I wanted you to have a full time to talk about that. So, Brenda, you have been doing the work of justice for a long time, and what I wonder, a question that I ask many of my guests is what sustains you? Do you have a spiritual practice or something that connects you in a way that says, I can't give up on doing this work? So what keeps you going? Well, uh, yeah, I do. Um, Well, of course, uh, now would be my grandchildren. uh, And then, of course, my children. Uh, But it's really my sister. I have a sister who has cerebral palsy, who was born in 1967, excuse me, 62. And she's still living. She never was able to walk or talk. And so she is my inspiration because not only is she my sister, she's a real human being. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in our community, we have the tendency to not accept people that may look a little different. Um, And so that is what helps me to continue to go on, Mm -hmm. to know that everyone deserves love. Mm -hmm. You know, Brenda, in, in, in my book on dismantling racism, I start by saying in order to do the work of social justice, we have to have a sacred motive. We have to know what our why is. And you've identified that why. That why is always something that's bigger than us. Yes, and you and I talked about that. Like, like the work that we do really isn't about us at all, is it? Uh, at the end of the day, no. So one of the things I did, uh, I went to the University of Dubuque and I had a double major in special ed and psychology. And again, the special ed is what drove me, uh, my sister is what drove me to do special education. But what I found is, again, a lot of people are not that uh, friendly towards people who are different. Mm-hmm. And um, again, that's one of the things that in, inspires me and encourages me to continue. Mm. So then when you look at people of African descent, it's a very similar story, but just imagine what it's like for families who may have uh, people who are developmentally delayed in their families. Mm -hmm. Uh, The shame sometimes that's even associated with being a person of African descent Mm -hmm. and then add on a disability. Mm -hmm. So it's been uh, one of the things that has motivated me even to today and my sister is 61 years old. My mother uh, took care of her until she died. And now my brother takes care of her. Mm-hmm. So that's what motivates me, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Curry. So yes, it motivates you. Um, I know we're going to have to take a really quick break, but like what what helps you, though, on the hard days? Do you have do you have a, a self-care practice or a spiritual practice or, or support, whatever it may be? What, you know, I'm working on that. it 24 seven. Yeah, I'm working on that. But I would, I would then say God and mm. whatever God is to everyone else. God for me is a spirit mm. and an energy that gives me uh, what I need to continue. Mm. So it is the spirit. Uh, I would dare say it's the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. it is the Holy Spirit of doing something good. Yeah. And let's face it, sometimes we don't always do the good things. Right. So we Wait. have to tap. We have to tap back into that, right? That's right. That's right. But Brenda, now I'm going to tell on you. I know we have to take it. We're going to tell. Here's what I'm going to tell on you. Here, no, no, I know you're enough to tell this, right? So yeah. you said you you said you need uh, you got to get better at it. We met in Puerto Rico. Yes, we did. And what were you doing in Puerto Rico? She was working. She was working in Puerto Rico because that's how committed she is to doing this work. And and at the same time, it's also important for us to refuel. So I'm I'm really kind of teasing you, but at the same time saying, hey, hey, sis, 
we we're in Puerto Rico. We we got right, but we 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 did have a good time talking and sharing there. But I made a commitment that when I went, but no work. And there's a place for us to do the advocacy, and there's a place for us to care for ourselves. So we yeah. have to take a quick break. Okay, and we'll be right back. And if Brenda wants to chime in to defend herself, she can. But otherwise, oh, I need defending. Right? <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't need to defend yourself. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you, you so much. You don't because I know that you receive uh, what I'm saying in in pure love. Absolutely, uh, so it's really Absolutely. just thing. Absolutely. And so, uh, when we come back, though, I do want to hear about race between us. And so, sure. we'll be right back with the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. back with the Dismantle Racism Show. My guest today is Brenda Bailey Lett. Brenda, before our commercial, we were talking about your book, Race Between Us. If people have not gotten a copy of Race Between Us, I want to invite you. Please make sure you do get a copy of the book. And Brenda, you co-wrote this book with Laura Lee Roy, who is a white woman. Tell us before getting into uh, the book necessarily, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to co-author this book with her. Uh, there was pretty much one incident. Uh, Laura Lee was experiencing, we, we worked at the New Hampshire State Prison for men at that time. Um, and uh, she was experiencing uh, a lot of uh, negative um well, she was experiencing a lot of negative things. So what ends up happening a lot of times with Europeans is that they'll come and find a person of African descent because they figure you understand their pain. Mm -hmm. So she came and she said, listen, uh, they're treating me uh, really unfair. She described what was happening. And I said, yeah, they are doing that. They are treating you unfair. I said, however, that line for unfair treatment starts behind me. And we just became fast friends after that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then we noticed that we had a lot of similarities. We were um, uh, both very much close to our fathers. Uh, we were a family of six. I was the oldest, she was the youngest. Um, we had uh, brothers who had passed um 
And so we had a lot of similarities. And what we ended up uh, coming to realize is that she really wasn't white because as we know, the color white is uh, devoid of color at all, right? Um, and she was more pink and I wasn't black, I was more brown. So it became uh, an issue around, we were just really people. Mm -hmm. And the more and more we, we talked and engaged, we realized that we had a lot more in common uh, than we did not. Mm -hmm. Because basically we were, we were human beings, mm -hmm. uh, both in marriages, uh, as I said, both had siblings and both worked at, at a prison. Right. She was a, she was a teacher. Right. Absolutely. She was a teacher and I was a counselor at the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, we just became fast friends and we are friends today. Uh, I consider her uh, very much part of my family uh, in the sense of a community. So, uh, so we decided to no longer use those terms of black and white. And I don't really use those today a lot mm -hmm. uh, because one of the things that I've observed about this concept of white um, is that somehow people of European descent get a real pride out of saying they're white. Mm. It's like it's uh, some kind of prize or, or something. Mm -hmm. And then when they want to talk about me, they want to characterize me as being black as if though that's like a bad thing. Well, but of course, when you look it up in the dictionary, Yes. If you look up the word black, everything yes. about black is negative, right? That is correct. So, so, and that's strategic. If Understood. You, if, if you think about, you know, supremacy. Mm -hmm. Understood. And what we've done as people of African descent, we've brought a pride to it. Mm -hmm. uh, James Brown said, yes. I'm black right. and I'm proud. Right. So we, we, we've brought, uh, you know, we've brought a lot of positive energy to that characterization. Mm -hmm. However, I just think eventually we're going to have to get away from those. So, so this is an interesting. So it's interesting when we talk about getting away from those descriptions. Sure. And uh, because we know that race is a social construct. Yep. And at the same time, though, some things are just what they are in terms of identifying us culturally. Uh, or, or identifying, like you said, I, listen, when I come back, I want to be a black person because I love my culture. I love what I bring. It doesn't mean I can't experience it in any others. I just know, I just know this one, but probably in some other lifetime, I was something, something else sure. anyway. Um, and so we have to find ways. And I'm wondering if, you know, as you're, as you all have written this book, what then do you want people to take away when you say we have to find something other than these descriptors? Tell us how your book addresses that issue. Well, the book then starts, uh, the book is a back and forth, right? Laura Lee gives a perspective, I give a perspective. And what not only do I, I'm inspired by my sister, but I'm also inspired by the Nguzo Saba. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, the seven principles, right, of blackness. Mm -hmm. So if we look at those principles, I'm inspired by unity. Yes. Umoja. I'm inspired by self determination. Kuji Chakalia. I'm inspired mm -hmm. by collective work and responsibility. Ujima. Cooperative economics. Mm -hmm. Ujama. So I'm inspired inspired by all of those principles, particularly. Imani, which mm -hmm. is faith. Which is faith, yeah. Which is faith. But so, even Nia, which is purpose, because you're living out your purpose. Exactly. So exactly. so those of you listening, we just told y'all the, the seven principles of Kwanzaa. So just that's just, right. And so and so what we want to do, just like with Christmas, we mm -hmm. want to be able to live out those positive aspects of mm -hmm. what those holidays bring. Mm. And so over the course of the year, we want to live out the Nguzo Saba. So that is one of the other areas that I really work real hard 
to see if I can live by those principles as well. So that was one of the things that she and I talked about. She happens to be Catholic. Mm -hmm. So during the time of the Hurricane Katrina, so when we wrote the book, of course, as you know, you got to do some research. So we went down to New Orleans, to the lower nine. And, um, you know, we were able to experience a lot of things together. And that also uh, helped bond us as being human beings and being able to see things differently, but not as a person of uh, European descent or of African descent, but just as a person. Mm. And that became more clearer and clearer to me. Mm. And I grew, I grew through that process. So here, I what I hear you saying throughout all of this, from even the moment that you started talking about how you all came to write this book, is that there's a relationship, first of all. There Absolutely. was a relationship between the two of you. And that's important because a lot of times uh, white people in particular want to come and start asking us questions and you know, connected. If we're not connected, don't just come pick my brain or whatever. Like, come for the human experience, develop exactly. a relationship, and we'll tell you whatever it is that you need yep, to know. Absolutely. But, but the other thing I heard you say is you gave her a response that she could have very easily gotten uh, defensive about. That is correct. But because you, because you're like, honey, listen, the line is back here. But she saw something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to particularly encourage white people to do is to but just be open to listen to the experience, right? Now, we yes. do know that oppression has no hierarchy. Yes. And, and that is important for us. So, so you could say to her, listen, we've all been treated unfairly. And now how are we going to work this out together? So the two of you developed a relationship. The two of you were also willing to see the other's perspective because when when we as Black folks are having conversations with white folks, and I'm just going to say Black because I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think? Um, I have to be open to what they are saying because it can't just be through my lens only. And I don't hear what it is that you're saying. We will never be able to extend the conversation. We'll never be able to walk across any line if I'm just so stuck on my wounds, my trauma, right? How will I help you to understand what it's like for me on a day-to-day basis if I can't even hear what it's like for you as a white person? Because everything is not sugar and candy for white people either as a relationship. That's true. Right? So right. then we have to connect on a human level. Which and that's why the title of the book, Racism mm-hmm. is a Human Experience, where Europeans experience it as well. So if mm-hmm. we think about the people that were hanging brothers and sisters, right? So normally what we see is a picture of the people hanging from right. the tree. Right. But what we don't see is the people that was doing the hanging. Mm. Imagine the emotion and the Mm. adrenaline that was going through that person's spirit to be doing something Mm. like that. Mm -hmm. The cutting off of genitalia and Mm. that kind of thing. What is going on up there Mm -hmm. in your spirit, Mm -hmm. in your soul Mm. as a human being? Mm. And so, and it's like, what are you... um, what, what are you devoid of? And for me, you're devoid of the God in you, right? Because that's where I go with the sacred part. You're devoid of that. But let's just talk about this for a minute. I know we have to go to break. But but when I have thought about those lynchings, I've also thought about what is it doing to the people who are just a part of the mob because that is the zeitgeist of the time. Understood. And they are having to watch that. What about those people who were standing there going, wait a minute, I don't even want to be a part of this, but I got to be a part of this to save my skin. Or what about the children? Yeah. Was there trauma associated with that? Because let me tell you, even when you see an animal get hurt, if you are a compassionate soul, you're like, oh my gosh. So I even think about that trauma. I think about the people, when we see the photos of those white people who... Uh, were yelling and screaming at Ruby Bridges or the Little Rock Nine. I think about where those people are today. 
And I'm going, man, yeah. you are yeah. down in history with yeah. that on your face. And what have you had to overcome for you to forgive yourself and to get past mm. that, right? Mm. You have to do hard. some work. You have to do some work. And you, and that's where we are with this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to do the work. To right, take us right. Through. Right. Even well, listen, if we're in Puerto Rico, we still have to do the work. Well, we listen, we got to do the work, but we sometimes got to take a break too. And we have to take a break right now uh, for a commercial break. But we will be right back with my guest today, Brenda Bra- Bailey Lett on the Dismantle Racism Show. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. back with the Dismantle Racism Show. Before the break, we were talking about Brenda's book, Race Between Us. Um, It's a human experience. I love that you say that here because ultimately I believe that we are all divine beings. Absolutely. We're just having this human experience. And if we could call ourselves back to that, back Mm. to that sacred part of us, we could get rid of racism because ultimately it's about spreading love to one another, right? That's true. But I want to shift us, if we could, um, to this conversation about reparations, because I want to make sure that we have enough time to cover that. And anytime you want to float back and forth to your book, please do that um, as well. But at the beginning of the show, I talked about us often thinking about reparations as a financial thing. And I made the comment that really you can't, you you really can't even pay us enough for the everyday experiences that we go through. Um, And sometimes as people of color, not sometimes, really all the time, like we're thinking about race, even in the back of our minds, even when we're out having a good time about things, And so there's no amount of money that can really address that, right? Uh, We have lived in a country that's been built on racism and white supremacy. And it will take a while for us to even deal with, as individuals, our own trauma around it, with society to deal with how uh, we are treated. And so... It's important for us to go through this process of having conversations that help us to heal. And reparations is one of those conversations. So I'd like to, before we even get too much into what does it look like and all of that, tell us what you mean when you say the word reparations. 
because for any of us, it could mean something completely different. So what do yeah. you think? Uh, for, for me, uh, reparations is really about repair. Hmm. Uh, so it's really about repair of the human spirit. Um, so we know that we often are traumatized. Uh, we can be traumatized by uh, an accident if we hurt ourselves, break our leg or, or something like that. So trauma is very much a part of life. But when you're traumatized because of the way you were born, that's something that goes a little bit more deeper mm -hmm. than uh, breaking an arm or something. Mm -hmm. So for me, reparation means repair. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you uh, shared, I am a, a, a member of Encobra. I'm actually a life member. Uh, and I am involved in a project where we're looking at coordinating reparations. And in order to do that, what I found is it makes sense for us to look at it from the perspective of Encobra first, in terms mm -hmm. of, I mean, how can you coordinate until you figure out what's going on? You, mm. you can't coordinate until you know what's happening. Mm. So mm. We're, we're taking some time to do a, that type of research. Mm -hmm. And so we have five injury areas and mm -hmm. five forms of repair. Uh, the injury areas are peoplehood and nationhood. And that's basically uh, around the destruction of our culture, of our uh, the way we dress, the food we ate, uh, how we worship. It was our basic way of living. We were minding our own business where mm. we were, mm -hmm. doing our own thing as human beings. Mm -hmm. So that was taken from us, and that was an that's an injury. Mm -hmm. One form of um, dealing with the repair on that is to restore, restore us to our human selves, and that's why for me the black thing doesn't work that well. Because there's no black land, you know, there, but anyway, so you asking for my perspective, I'm sharing with you. Mm -hmm. And then uh, another injury. So, is before, before you go to your next injury. Yes, ma'am. Um, so there's, there's something that you said in terms of taking a look at in Cobra itself, which is the, for, for those of you who are just joining us in uh, COBRA stands for the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. And, and I heard you say that you have to take a look within yourself. So it sounds to me that as we talk about this word repair, that we've got our own healing that we need to do as well, because we've been stripped of something and we've also bought into something else. Right. So we've been stripped of it. We've been brought in. We bought into something else. And I hear you saying that if we're going to repair, we've got to repair that which was lost within us as it relates to our culture, as it relates to, you know, our spirituality. So is that what you're talking about? Yes. Lisa? Yes, ma'am. That's exactly what I'm talking about. We mm -hmm. have to do our own internal reparations. Mm -hmm. We cannot. Uh, expect others any others to do that for us that's why it's so important and so critical for us to develop the kind of unity emo umoja mm -hmm. so that we can learn how to work together we don't have to like each other all the time right but we need to, but we need to learn how to work together right so right. uh but just to go through the other uh injury areas we have five of them the other one uh that uh, another one is education as you know we were denied the right for education and it was a crime it was a crime for people to for the enslaved for our enslaved ancestors to be taught to learn and anyone who tried to teach them that includes europeans who tried to teach them so uh, a form of repair would be satisfaction that we need to have edu we, we need to be uh re-educated not just as a people not just as african people but people period uh, one of the other ones is health. So uh, of course, of course, I'm going to stop you between each oh, one. Do, got... do your thing. It's your show. <laughs> <laughs> because when I hear you talk about the repair of education, yes, I think that 
one of the ways that we repair is to know that we actually, education itself, we we were uh, one of the first, if I'm not mistaken, University of Timbuktu was one of the first universities to offer education. And there were how many different languages? Was it like 22 different languages or something spoken there? So our part of our own repair is to become educated, to know that we are not ignorant or dumb people. There's something that that society tells us about ourselves. But really, when we're speaking in a certain way, we're not talking white. We're, you know, like we're, we, we got to get out of that whole thing, too. We are... Look, the fact that our language was stripped from us when we got over here and we still figured out how to communicate with one another, we still figured out, even if you think in the form of, of music, for instance, which we use the drums to communicate in our native land, mm -hmm. that was stripped from us when we came here. But what did we do? We developed something called ham boning, where you could use the body to be That's able right. to talk. You see, if we were to like look at all of those wonderful things about us and how we've overcome, that's a part of the reparations that that absolutely. you and hey. absolutely we use our creativity or our kuumba in yeah. order to do that. Yes. So, so of course, health. We know about the Tuskegee. Uh, situation uh, with the syphilis and, and, and all of that. And even fast forward to now, many of us feel uncomfortable going to the doctor uh, because sometimes we either misdiagnose or they won't even listen to what we're telling them about our own bodies. Mm -hmm. So a form of re uh, repair there has to be rehabilitation where they now begin to, uh, all of this really goes back to being treated like a human being. Mm -hmm. That's 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 it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, criminal punishment, uh, which is uh, again uh, where Laura so, Lee and so I. So you know, I'm going to stop. Reference. I'm going to okay, stop. Go ahead. Again, again, you'll be on the road. I just want to make sure that you are saying such powerful stuff. I just want to make sure that people can really absorb what you're saying, and then. Plus, we're going to have to go to break in just a minute, so you can come back and talk about your other two after that. But, but like when I think about our reparations, like the self-advocacy for us to learn how to advocate for ourselves, sometimes we have to teach the healthcare practitioner. Now, we're talking about what we need to do for reparations, but please, white people who are listening to this as well, there are lessons in here for you in terms of how you can provide reparations for us in terms of the repair work. So if you are a doctor and you're listening to this and we're talking about healthcare disparities, hear us when we say that we are treated differently when we come into your office. You may be unconscious about how you're treating us. You may do what my doctor said when I mentioned something about race and she said, I don't get into that political stuff. And I'm like, my body is not political. But you have to, if you're treating me, you have to know the daily stressors that I'm under. So please know reparations, the repair work begins in the listening, right? Yes, it does. Us listening to our bodies and teaching other people how to listen to us Absolutely. and then for other folks to listen. Brenda, we have to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want you to talk about your other two uh, pillars of reparations as we wrap up the show in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us.
you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with this, the Dismantle Racism show. My guest today is Brenda Bailey. She's been giving us such good uh, wisdom around reparations. And Brenda, there were two more, I think, uh, uh, wounds that you call them that you wanted to share with us. Um, so so please tell us about the criminal punishment, which you started to share a little bit. Yes, earlier. ma'am. Um, and, and we refer to them as injuries, but they are wounds. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. You know, there's a lot of different words for a lot so, of different So tell things. me, tell me, can you tell me the difference just so that yeah, Yes, of course. I can tell you the difference. Um, I'm going to have to think about it. Though. Okay. All right. All because right. what I'm doing is I'm just sharing with you in Cobra's position. Okay. So when okay. you say wound, when you say wound, a wound is very similar to an injury. Mm-hmm. And an injury is similar to a to a wound. Yeah. So there are two words okay. that mean similar thing. Okay. All right. Because some people are very, you know, th- there's a reason why they choose to use certain things. So I just was wondering. But Understood. let's Understood. let's take the time then to uh, share the criminal punishment that you started to share. Before. Absolutely. And again, these are in Cobra's five injury areas. Mm-hmm. So the criminal punishment was uh, really the enslavement of African people and the development of a dual punishment system that really exists even today. Mm-hmm. And why we know it exists today is because in every state in this country, it is disproportional the amount of people of African descent that are in prison, mm-hmm. even in states like Utah and mm-hmm. Wyoming where Mm -hmm. there's not very many of us there Mm -hmm. and the state i live in new hampshire not Mm -hmm. a whole lot of uh, people of african descent here but the prison had quite a few african-american brothers there Mm -hmm. disproportionately to the state Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. so one of the forms of repair around that would be to address the criminal justice system and of course that includes the police, the military, and all of that. Uh, And then the last one, which is one that most people talk about, is the one around wealth and poverty. Mm -hmm. So we know that we did a lot to help build this country. And we know that when we built, built our own communities, that people came in and then wanted to take what we built, Mm. like what happened in Tulsa. And in mm-hmm. Rosewood, uh, Florida, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So many of us are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing, if people don't remember anything about our show today, is that money is insufficient. And that's the word mm. that I use. Mm. It's insufficient to cover the injury. Mm. So there's a no, so we're in agreement. There's no amount of money. Right. Only being treated like a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so yeah. money is insufficient. Now, it doesn't mean we don't want money. Right. Or resources. Mm. But what we need across the board is changes in the policies. Mm. But the biggest thing we need is to come together as people Mm. and understand that we are all human beings. Mm. And I know it sounds really silly Mm. or really Pollyannish, 
But that's really what it's about. And I'll take you back to my sister. One of the biggest challenges my mother had after I got my degree in special ed, came home, wanted to help get my sister into some of the programs that they have for special uh, children with special needs. And my mother didn't want to do it. Well, my mother didn't want to do it because she felt uncomfortable. And she didn't want people to look at my sister as if though she was a monster or an animal. And people do that. And I don't think they do it because they're mean. They just do it because they are uncomfortable. Mm. And that, and now we fast forward back to these Europeans. They're uncomfortable in their own skin. They know the kinds of things that they've been doing and their ancestors have been doing. And it's still going on. That's what the George Floyd thing was all about. People mm. couldn't look away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the kind of thing that we have to deal with. We have to deal with this question around our humanity. Mm-hmm. And again, money does not address. That. I so love what you are saying. So I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. If people take nothing else away to know that money can't cover that, because if you're if you go back to all of those injuries and you still have the criminal justice system, which is mass mass incarceration being the new Jim Crow. Money is not going to fix that. Money Money is going to fix the health disparities if you can't recognize it. It's not going to fix like the the cultural issue. You know, look, I I had an incident the other night that that happened to me. I was meeting a friend and um, we were going to go out and just really for a cup of coffee and where or tea or whatever, where I live, uh, things close early <laughs> where I live. So we found one place that was open late and I walked in that place and there was no one that looked like me there. Now that's not unusual, but there was just something I was like, eh, I'm not really sure this is, this is the place for us to be. And when my friend met me, they said the same thing, like what kind of place are we in? So we sat in the car and talked. Now it was at night. So we sat in the car, it was cold, like the, you know, the, the car's running. But we each had this thought that we shared with each other later was we were so conscious that the police could roll up at any time. We're in an all white area. The police could roll up at any time and say, why are you sitting in the car? Mm-hmm. That's a function of not being treated as human in this country That's right. and seeing George Floyd and others murdered and lynched mm-hmm. that to say that you don't matter, mm-hmm. you're not human. And that's why we have to have our own sense of pride and knowing that we are children of the most high, right? Mm-hmm. And so the financial reparations will do nothing if we can't get rid of the other, or if we can't repair, because right. I love the word repair and okay. heal. So Brenda, we're almost out of time. And I just wanted, um, I know that you're going to leave us with some words of inspiration in just a few minutes, but before we do that, is there anything else that we haven't talked about or covered that you feel like is important for our audience to know? Yeah, I, I would like to really talk a little bit about racism. You know, the, the, the thing is the People's Institute out of New Orleans, uh, they uh, train I almost want to say millions, but I know it's not millions, but it's surely thousands of people with a two and a half day workshop called Undoing Racism. Mm -hmm. And that workshop takes two and a half days. It actually takes two days just talking about things that have nothing to, that's not even about racism. Mm -hmm. But at the heart of it is this still this thing about being human and being treated as a human being. Uh, and so I would encourage people to get your book and other books, but I would also encourage them to do some undoing racism workshop mm-hmm. and so that you can engage with other people. And then the other thing is, it's really not about the color of someone's skin, because we know in order for us to get out of enslavement, there were people that didn't look like us. That's who right. We, right. we know that. And so at the heart of that was a human being with someone who cared about another human being. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what it's all about. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that because it's our shared humanity, right? Yeah. That's exactly what it's all about. So Brenda, what words would you leave us with today as you know, we prepare to go? How, how can you inspire us to keep oh it Oh my on? goodness. Oh my goodness. You know, I am, um, I'm a Christian. It's, it's, I, I struggle saying it because, you know, I don't do everything I need to do. And that's why. But I want to go to the Bible. First Corinthians 13, 13, which is my favorite scripture. And it reads, and now abideth faith, hope, and love. These three. But a, the greatest of these is love. I mean, that just, it just touches me. Right, right. I love so that's that. what That's what I want to leave your audience. And thank you again so much for having me today. You have been a delight. I know there's probably much more we could, could have talked about uh, on the show, but really just explaining those, those pillars of reparation uh, was very important and dynamic uh, uh, conversation. And also we want to remind people to get Race Between Us, uh, which is Brenda's book. And how can people get in touch with you, uh, Brenda, if they want to reach out to you? They can get in touch with me by sending me an email, racebetweenus at gmail.com. Okay, great, great, great. Reach out to Brenda at racebetweenus um, at gmail.com. And thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a delight to have you. Thank you for your time. And I thank you, my listeners, for listening in today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to comment and to ask your questions. And stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz, where he helps you to walk through life with the greatest of ease and joy. And I'm his guest today, yours truly, the Reverend Dr. TLC. So please- Hop on over to the show, which is air, which is coming up in just a few minutes. Beloved, be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, bye for now. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. 
Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about help to advocate for all of us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 